Hi, my name is Alan. And I'm Sarah. And you're listening to Win in Roma. Welcome to the show. see you Sarah yeah how you been good yeah I actually feel like I haven't seen you that much really <laughs> yes me the past couple days but I have I mean yeah I have a lot but I have in fact been living with you just still been doing different things yeah I thought of that yesterday at work because I hadn't seen you all morning mm-hmm. until our meeting yeah doing well yeah How's your week going? What have you been up to? Um, mostly training stuff earlier this week. Uh, working with some new students at the Resource Center. Um, getting their program set and just troubleshooting a bit. And then today I just got back from Mittendary. I was there this morning and now it's our lunch break. So that was nice. Yeah. They're doing well. And That's great. They're all doing a great job. New teachers are doing great. They have some new kids. That's always exciting. Yeah. Lots of people are sick. That's been hard. Because mm, of the weather. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> people um, like to say that the weather makes you sick here. Or they, they always say, uh, you know, like the weather's changing so people get sick a lot more. Which obviously I mean, is, true. is true. It's not caused directly by the weather itself changing, but by all of the other things that come with it. But it is also true that, that people are getting more sick right now. Yeah. You were just really sick. I was. It was not the weather. It was food I ate. Yeah, that was bad. But I'm fine. It was only the second time in like the whole year, so I've been doing pretty well. I know. We've been extremely healthy. Meanwhile, while you say that, this is that's a great intro into the fact that this is a very special episode because we have now officially been living in Zambia for more than one year. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Applause. <clears throat> yeah, so almost exactly 13 months we have lived in Zambia. So that's exciting. Ooh, yeah. Sorry to yawn. It's exciting. I know. <laughs> I'm just hot. It's hot and it's our lunch break. Speaking of the heat, I hear something. You know what that means. I wish I didn't. It's time for the weather report. I wondered why you were looking at the weather app on your phone. You know, the Lusaka's weather is really beautiful today. Yeah. It's a bit hot, nice but to look at. it is partly cloudy and 90 degrees Fahrenheit right now yeah. in Lusaka. Um, by partly cloudy, we mean that you can see clouds, but it does nothing for the fact that there's a hot blazing sun beating on your body when you're walking around. Can I tell you something? Yeah. When I went to the doctor and they took my temperature, 
I had no idea what it was because it was in Celsius. <laughs> and I asked, but they just said, yeah, it's 30-something or whatever it was. And then it's like, well, I don't know. What that means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Same with my weight. So I figured that one. Anyway, yeah, really hot. Yeah, it's hot season right now. We had the first rain of this season, though, yesterday for like... Yeah. Five minutes it rained, mm-hmm. um, but it probably won't rain again for a long time. It's, it doesn't usually start raining frequently till November or December, so we'll Hopefully see. Hopefully it does. Hopefully though. it will start sooner, though. People keep saying October 20th, that's when the rains are going to start. Well, it used to start raining earlier, mm-hmm. but climate change has made it rain later. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to pin down. Anyways, the weather is doing well. Can I talk about the power? Yeah, you should talk about the power. Oh, okay. Well, we need it to rain because most of Zambia's <clears throat> power is hydroelectric, and there wasn't enough rain last season, and so the country and the country also sold some of our power to other countries, things like that, and so there's been a huge shortage of Zesco, which is the only source of power here, the only power company, which is also the government. Yeah, the government runs it. Not socialism. Capitalism. But the only company. Monopoly. I don't know if that's right, but not socialism. Um, But the power was running out, so they put you on a load-shedding schedule and cut your power. It starts at four hours off every day, and it rotates. Then it goes to, like, eight hours a day that you don't have power. And we seem to be in the stage where it's pretty unpredictable, and it might go off for... 12 plus hours at a time um yeah so that's called load shedding and we really want it to rain and fill up the dams so that especially Lake Kariba so that we can have more power and um yeah we've been all right we haven't been as affected by it as a lot of our neighbors but it also causes water shortages for the citywide water and it's a big problem so with that and the heat, people get a lot more sick and are just, times are a lot tougher. And we're worried about cholera coming since there's not water to wash your food well and wash your hands and it's so hot. I didn't realize that part. Yeah. And some places don't have wells because they were closed when there was really bad cholera two years ago. So certain compounds like Nombe and Chihuahua, they don't have wells anymore. So when your city water gets shut off, if you don't have another source of water, then you're out of luck and you have to buy it from someone with a borehole, which is kind of a fancy electric well or something else. Yeah. Big problem. Yeah, so. Compounding problem. You know, times are getting tough here for a lot of people. I feel like that's part of the weather. That's all kind of part of the climate right now. Um, yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and on to a much more important topic. Um, right now I'm, I'm having this snack that I found at this new shopping center. Um, they're pretzel sticks, but they are spiced with like some chili powder and they're incredible. Mm. But this is not, not... The premiere snack for this week's Exploring Snacks with Alan McLucas. 
the real snack of choice that I've recently had. Also found at the same brand new shopping center, which is really nice. This new like sh store, it's called ShopRite. Super nice. And it's not a new thing. It's well, there's a new one that just I know. opened. I know. Like ShopRite is not new, but this yeah. one is new. And I found the new, I found this candy there, which I love. It's nougat. So it's a bar of nougat, which for those of you who don't know, it's sort of like a, like a chewy, uh, it looks like sort of putty or something like that. But that's a weird way to describe it. So like in a, a milky way, the middle of it is nougat or like a Snickers bar has like a layer of nougat in it. So it's like this chewy, nice tasting, almost marshmallowy, but a little thicker. Yeah. So I've been just getting these bars of nougat from there that have been incredible. It's like my favorite snack is the nougat. I thought that was all the same bar. What? That you've been eating. Oh no, that's my second one this week. Um, but yeah, anyways, next time you see a bar of nougat, you should pick it up. I'll look up the history of nougat and bring it up for the next episode. Ask me how many snacks I've had this week. How many snacks have you had this week? One. I've been eating the same chocolate bar for three days. False, because <laughs> I bought you a snack on Monday that you were eating. What was it? That bag of um, peanuts. Oh, Chili yeah. flavored peanuts. Yeah, that's true. I take it back. Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't finish it. Have you been watching or reading anything good recently? Uh, I read the Poisonwood Bible. A novel, I really like that. Apparently some people read it in high school. I definitely did not. I like that a lot. And then I started a book called The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson, maybe. It's been good about how shame affects your relationships with others and your brain and um, what God intends for us. And, how that relates to shame. I'm only part way through. That's good. Yeah, that sounds great. And we've been watching The Politician on Netflix. It's so which good. Which we like a lot. <clears throat> it's We're not, almost done. It's not child appropriate, but it is hilarious. Gwyneth it's so Paltrow. funny. It's oh my gosh, yeah, she's the best. She's so good. <laughs> and that main guy, he is awesome. <laughs> ben Platt. Yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy. He's a great actor, and then a really good singer. I keep trying to get Alan to appreciate just how good he is because he didn't know he was on Broadway or about Dear Evan Hansen or anything. So now Alan knows. The debut star. He originated the role of um, Dear Evan Hansen. Of Evan Manson. <laughs> no, he I haven't even Manson. seen that, but I would like to. Um, yeah, highly recommend very funny um okay so this episode we're going to talk a little bit about just our year in review we've been here for a year now going to talk some highlights and then play a little game at the end we're really trying to keep with the theme of not sticking with any of our structures from episode to episode mm -hmm. by changing it yet again for this one and then hopefully getting our act together for ones after this um but yeah so then um We'll play a little game at the end, and then at the very end, there's going to be something special, um, which we'll talk about later. So, the year in review. It year <laughs> year. The year, in review. 
Sarah, where are we now? What are we doing? What's our life? Oh, we're in the same house. I don't know what you mean by this question. Where are we now? We're... Same house? Yeah. Still in living in Roma, Lusaka? Nothing has changed. We're in the exact same location. We have two cats. We have two cats, though. So that <laughs> is pretty awesome. One of them I rescued with my own bare hands. Um, he was feral. Rescued is a loose term. He was feral, and I took him, and I took him back to our house, and now he loves us. It's probably the most dangerous thing I've done while living in Zambia. Yeah. <laughs> Getting in, taking a feral cat in your car. <laughs> Could have rabies. So stupid. But he doesn't. And then we got him a friend from an animal shelter, and they love each other. All right, so what are we doing in our jobs? The same things, just a bit more of it. Still working with teachers. Mm hmm But um, we have some more clarity in different directions that we're personally working in. Yeah, I'm still at the CCCs, trying to focus on behavior, um, mostly by training the parents to do that. So things like if a child is hitting or screaming or not, not following any directions they only want to do what they want to do what does a parent do about that is mostly what I do there um special hope has grown a lot since last year because now we have five CCCs um more staff members serving over 400 kids yeah that's crazy um yeah just kind of trucking along, trying to keep serving them really well. New trainees have been doing great. We like our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you have been working on the behavior programs at the CCCs. You've been continuing to work with two of the programs at the Resource Center, helping mm -hmm. provide support for the teachers in those programs and develop the programs in different areas. You've continued to help with the ADOS assessments, um, which we both do. And then also you've been, you started or basically created the setting up a home program. Oh, we should well, talk about that. I just happened to do it for the families who came. And since you were the first it. one, you didn't necessarily come up with the idea or start it, but you developed the entire thing because you happened to be the one that was around, but you made it basically happen. I mean, thanks, Alan. <laughs> My memory's also fuzzy, so yeah. I know that I I did it, but we worked <clears throat> together on Oh yeah, it was a, definitely a team effort, but you've you've essentially been leading the the times that we've done it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I just wanted to Yeah. Definitely give credit. So it you means know. it means if a family comes and they're out of town, maybe like one lives eight hours away. Um, but there's no real special education available for them. The parent and or like a nanny can come for a few days um, or a few hours and receive some training and practice uh, using different special education strategies to teach their child so that when they go back home, they know a little bit more of what to do. Or depending on their needs, they might have more of a uh, program kind of set up at home 
So that's the setting up a home program. Yeah, yeah, we're in a variety of, we each do some different things here and there. Yeah, like I have been, I still, I'm working with two of the teams at the Resource Center as well. Um, and then have been doing some community training still with different schools and things like that, but then also have just been working with a couple of other people to do some trainings for pastors in the communities, um, which sometimes is all pastors, sometimes is teachers, sometimes is pastors and church members. It's kind of like we talk to some pastors and then they get people to come to these trainings and then we do trainings about identifying kids with intellectual disabilities and then um, what the Bible says about disability and then how to support people with disabilities in your community. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool. I don't know if I told you this before, but the other day I was talking to Miriam and Mahongo, they're social workers, and over break, um, they just experience a lot, I mean, a lot more than we do firsthand of taking kids to the hospital, um, getting medis medications they need if they're really high risk, um, visiting them when they're sick, making sure that they're um, just staying on top of, of sickness and staying well and alive. And breaks are, <clears throat> are often really hard for that. And they were saying one of the reasons is because maybe parents have learned different nutrition guidelines, how often to be feeding, what to feed, hygiene, things like that, that are really crucial. Other things like taking your medicine to keep the child doing well. But if over break, different, you know, people in the community and oftentimes pastors can discourage that. And a lot of parents kind of fall off a bit. And so the kids can decline a lot over breaks, which is really hard for them, for everybody, but Miriam and Mahongo, um, yeah, just deal with that more firsthand. And it made me appreciative of the, of knowing that we're actively doing the pastor's trainings because um, that kind of understanding and counsel can really have life and death consequences. Yeah, it can make a big impact. And what's the one coming up, Valerie? What? The training. Oh, yeah. And now there's, I don't know how much I'll be a part of it, but I'm really trying to get in on it, is we're going to be doing some trainings for um, traditional healers in the community, which in is yeah. yeah, one of the specific communities right now. But the that will be exciting. So basically... Um, there's, it's sort of like an organization of traditional healers, and we are going to be working, doing a training with a bunch of them um, from one of the communities. So that will be exciting. Definitely interesting. Big shout out to Malika, grandson, Dennis, and Oscar also for their work. Corralling everybody. Not corralling, just having meetings with um, the higher ups and and organizing that and having good relationships with them so that that could happen. Yeah, that's been good. Yeah, so work has been going well. Um, yeah, so the first year has been good with work and all of that stuff. Um, we've been making friends, which is nice, and are feeling pretty good. So generally, like, how are you feeling about being in Zambia and about just our work here and everything after a year? 
reflection time. Yeah, feeling good. Feeling grateful for for the year so far and grateful to just keep building on those things. I feel like it's sweet to see more fruit from that after it's continued to grow in the past year. Relationships, the work day-to-day, the teachers, uh, being able to work together, the programs themselves, all of that. And still really enjoying Zambia as a place. And Yeah, it's been really it's a nice. good place to live. Just a little bit, I mean, more challenged by the ways that, you know, things are still pretty easy for us relatively. Even the load shedding, like we were saying, we're, we're not as affected as some of our neighbors just because of the street we happen to be on. And, um, yeah, trying to, being challenged by the fact that Things like water and electricity and life in general is just a lot more difficult for some of our neighbors. Yeah. Most of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good too. It's been fine. Definitely. Um, I mean, life, li- like just living here and things like that, like there are challenges and everything like that, but generally it's, it's really good and it's good for us and we have been enjoying the fact that we get to be here and the work that we're doing and are looking forward to doing it for another year. So what are you looking forward to um, about for the next year? Do you have any goals or things that you're thinking about um, that you're looking forward to hoping to accomplish in our next year here? Hmm. Um, I think I'd like to spend more time with people who I have become friends with. Um, yeah, just trying to get together a bit more often. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think any, like, workplace goals I have are more oriented towards, uh, just really having, like, any of the systems in place working well for people who are going to be here forever. Yeah. For a long time. For much longer than me um and trying to meet the needs that are expressed there um prioritizing those over maybe ideas in my head though they're lining up pretty well and mm-hmm. all of that so i know that's kind of vague but in general um and i well yeah and i think a goal for this year is just trying to communicate better to home what it is like here we still just find that difficult to do well um yeah the day-to-day like what's going on at special hope and um challenges and celebrations want to communicate that in a way that that makes sense to people sometimes it it can feel silly in the moment like if a kid makes progress but unless you understand where they're coming from it doesn't seem that exciting or you know if you're excited about it people get excited about it I think yeah yeah I love that what about you um yeah I'm looking forward to continuing to build some of the friendships and relationships we have started and um looking forward to 
like you it, like you said basically the same thing trying to build some lasting meaningful systems and train and encourage the people specifically like the teachers who work here and will be here after we're gone um to be able to do their jobs more and more effectively and autonomously so that then they can even continue to go on to train other people um i think we've seen a lot just how quickly and how well the teachers are able to learn new things and then adapt those to systems that will work well for them um and so the goal ideally being to remove ourselves from the majority of the systems um or things going on that could be done or completed by somebody that's here so just trying to make that happen and figure out the best ways to do that which is can be challenging so yeah okay so that's space that's a little bit of reflection about our year we have a quick game that will be quite fun for both of us this is not the something special <laughs> um it well this is definitely something special but this is the this is called the best and worst game so i'm going to ask some different categories present some categories and your job is to say the best thing in that category from our last year in Zambia and the worst thing. All right? Okay. Okay, so category number one. The best food. Best and worst food. Uh, best food, gelato. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, or Thai food. Worst food, I think we have the same one. <laughs> My best food is Nando's chicken. It's so good. It's like a fast food restaurant, but it's grilled chicken, and they have this amazing sauce. Um, and you can, there actually is Nando's in some places in the U.S., but I think it's originally a British restaurant, like a British fast food place. But yeah, Nando's is so good. And the worst is regular maize and not sweet <laughs> corn. <clears throat> so we we bought some corn from somebody. I think it was like a stall, a market stand or something like that. I bought a few ears of corn. Raw corn. Raw corn. So that then I cooked it up and I we ate it and it was like weird. It was gr like chewy and had no taste and was not good at all. And I was like, what is wrong with this corn? It must have gone bad or something. And then we realized that there's not, there's the only corn I've ever eaten in my life is sweet corn, but yeah. that's obviously is not the only corn that people can grow. And so I thought that only sweet corn existed in the world, yeah. but really there's other corn that's not sweet and it's not easy to eat. I mean, and it's sad because maize is like the crop of Zambia, but I just thought that maize was the same as sweet corn because yeah my i thought reasoning. corn was corn well because in spanish class isn't the word for corn maize m-a-i-z yeah. so i just thought oh maize is corn because it's the spanish word and it's the same thing but it's not not at all it was terrible i would not i would recommend it for grinding up into cornmeal but not for eating raw um okay what's your fate best and worst place or just experience in general in Zambia for the last year? Um, I saw a leopard. I uh -huh. saw a few leopards, but 
not near our house. We were at South Thawangwa National Park on a game drive where you're looking for animals and um, we knew there was like a baby cub leopard in the area and we were trying to spot her and our car was just rounding the bend and everyone in the car didn't see her but I spotted her on the ground. She was just like curled up sleeping. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, loved that. Yeah, that was great. My best is also South Luangwa. Um, look it up. It's very cool. You should look it up. Um, what about the worst? Oh, police stops. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's still <clears throat> my most yeah. nerve-wracking thing. Yep. You should ask us For about me it sometime. I'm not saying anything about the police. Just me. It's not my strong suit. <laughs> you should ask her next time you see her about it. Um, the worst for me is generally the traffic in Zambia. It's like in Lusaka can be pretty bad. And um, yeah, some of the driving. In order to get to South Luangwa, we drove <laughs> like 10 and a half hours, which was not fun. That was pretty bad. But then we got to South Luangwa National Park, and that was pretty amazing. So it was worth it. But that's the worst. The traffic is the worst. And, um, yeah, just driving through the middle of downtown where there's tons of people everywhere, and it's super crowded, and it's kind of, like, feels sketchy and a little more dangerous sometimes, just like being in a crowded part of a city. So that is some of my worst experiences. <laughs> All right, best and worst experience at work. Um, um, I love whenever we have, at the end of a term, we have a little meeting with everybody where each teacher says a celebration and a challenge from the term. It's just been sweet to hear that they feel supported and like we trust their decisions and are helpful um, so anything like that is kind of the best overall love to see I don't know love to see parents who move from being unsure about their kid and kind of a new diagnosis of a disability or a bit of denial into um, accepting and of course they always love them but being able to do, being able to love them in new ways, um, crucial ways, is probably the best. Yeah. What's the worst? The worst? Um, when families really struggle to accept uh, disability, especially from different cultures, because, um, yeah, we talk about how there's a lot of stigma within Zambia. One thing I didn't expect was how many people from all around the world we'd meet here. Um, especially, they're more likely to send their kids to the resource center and be able to pay. But um, within those other cultures, some of them even have said to me, oh, this is, we're not going to go back to our other country because 
the service is better here and the stigma is actually a lot worse in our home country. Mm. So that's been um, sad when they're still going through, you know, a longer period of, of accepting and kind of moving forward because you feel like, oh, but these certain things would be helpful and it's hard when parents aren't ready for that. Yeah. Um, for me, the best was... So one time I did a training. I've been doing a lot of training and <clears throat> support with teaching kids how to read and the things that go into that. So I did a training on um, the stages of writing and there's some clear like levels of what that looks like. So it's like scribbling, making, writing some letters that don't really mean anything, writing, a let writing the first sound in a word um, and then like you sort of move up through the stages. So I did a training on that with some pictures and then the next day some some of the teachers had the kids write write do some free writing and they the things that the kids wrote matched up almost identically with some of the different levels with the appropriate stage they were at from the training the day before and all of the teachers were really excited about it and it was just cool to see how like you do a training, the teachers practice, try it, and then they see the results that they're looking for. And then based on, you know, the stage of writing that they're at, you kind of understand generally, like how they're operating and how they're processing language and letters and things like that. And so it was just cool to see the direct application of a training and yeah. see it work, you know. It's not usually quite that fast. No, it's not usually quite as easy as that. Um, and then watching kids learn how to read is always the best. Yeah. Today we were watching a kid, uh, this one girl with Down syndrome, learn. She was reading some words, um, and it was pretty awesome. Um, the worst part for me is when people can't afford to pay um, for the resource center, or people struggle with that. Um, yeah, that's always tough to see. To want to be able to supply some services, but things are just more expensive. Um, and so, in general, if there's people that we haven't yet been able to reach. Um, we were caught in the middle of not not living in a compound and going to a free center. Or um, not living in a compound where we have a center yet, yeah. either. Or living somewhere where we able don't to have one. pay for the resource center. Yeah, so that, that can be a challenge. Um what's the best part of your job like what's your favorite part of your job and your least favorite part of your job oh. <laughs> um you should go first well so my favorite part of my job is doing the community trainings and i also love um just talking to parents and like we do some assessments and then getting to give some advice to parents or talk them through just some of the basics of disability. Um, that's pretty fun for me. I enjoy doing that. And then my least favorite part, I really don't like giving advice about behavior management. I think that that's just is something tricky to do in general. And um, I struggle sometimes with knowing the best way to approach challenging behaviors because there's not really like a single solution where you just say, oh, do this, and then they'll stop behaving this way. Um, so that's tough. And then I also hate updating binders. 
Um, yeah, don't like that. Yeah. I like when, um, I like just helping to give some shape and structure or, um, I guess anything working together with teachers on a project. So if they have an idea or I have an idea of something we could do better and then, um, seeing how much they're getting out of the trainings through what ideas they're bringing. And then I like the stage where we're we're making the plan together nice That's really general least favorite part um this isn't my least favorite part it's just my least favorite feeling i love going to the cccs and um working more directly with parents there i really hate feeling nervous about that and I'm trying to get better about it. Nervous just in myself, not wanting to be presu presumptuous, like feeling more of the language barrier um, and getting to know those parents, but there's, you know, hundreds, so I'm not gonna know them all. Um, but if I'm working on a behavior management like issue there or anything, I, I just don't like the feeling of kind of, um, of being nervous there but i really like doing it yeah I so i don't that. know if either of those make very much sense but no they totally do um last one what is the best and worst part about living in zambia um i think it's mine's this one i think <laughs> The best part is the people. The worst part is the people. <laughs> no, more specifically. The best part is the people that are here. The worst part is missing the people that are in the U.S. back home. Um, it's great. It's just been so good to be here and make new friends, to get to work with so many great people and families and kids. But it's really hard to, to be away from all of the people we know and love from back home. Yeah. yeah. Um, any final thoughts? I don't think so. All right. Nice work. Um, it's been great being here with you for a year. Yeah. So we're going to leave you today with something that's really exciting. Um, so this is an, is a clip, an audio clip of our CCC manager, Dennis, um, doing some training and basically preaching a little bit about how, um, what the Bible says about kids with disabilities and just generally what their value is. So this is an excerpt of that from the pastor's training and it's really awesome. So uh, I hope that you enjoy it. All right, thanks everybody. Great green pink, whichever color you can have. Yes. All of us are created in the what? In the image of God. So the first point that I want you to take here is these people we are talking about, we are talking about the image of God, if we never knew. If you thought you are the only ones who are created in the image of God, I'm telling you today to say, even these people who we feel that or think that they are nobodies, they are also created in the image of God. So they are somebodies. When you see them, when you see me, when I see you, all of us should see God in each other. Yeah. 
Amen. Okay. Now, the book of Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 says, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute, or deaf, or see, or blind? It is not I, the Lord. God creates people with disabilities. They are the way they are because it is the will of God, not because of any action of man. This one is telling us to say, God decides. If he wants today, with the same age you are, if he says he wants to make you blind, he can make you blind if he wants that. You get stuck? Because he's the one who does what? Who decides? So, these friends of ours, they are born with these conditions they are born with because God decided. Then after deciding, he wants to show his power to say he's God and he's able to work through those people. Are we getting this answer? He creates those people so that us also can learn a lesson to say he's what? God. If those people can live and appreciate to say he's God, you also ought to learn that he's what? He's God. That's the reason these people are here. Haven't you wondered to say there are children like this in Kamalangana, you think there is no hope, huh? mm-hmm. but they have stayed for years than those people who look healthy and think they are better. But yeah. then they are still living up to now, yeah. and the people that we thought that they will never die, they are, they are in the graveyard. Yeah. They are God is showing his what? His power. Mm-hmm. The other one says, Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts, you knit me together. In my mother's womb, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows very well. God creates each of us with an injection of care. The truth is that whether with cerebral palsy, with Down syndrome, with microcephalus, hydro, and all these conditions that we've talked about, all of us, we are fearfully and wonderfully what? Made. Because we are made in the image of God. Amen. So when these people come to us, yes. let us see God because they won't have been made like that. Preach I am preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of what? Yeah. Let's see God because everything is God there. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more glad of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may, may rest upon me. Men's weakness are meant to showcase Christ's glory and his grace. A greater amount of weakness, like intellectual disability, leads to an opportunity of, to witness the greater amount of grace and power of Christ. You know, people, his grace is sufficient for all. That's why I was saying, these people, they can have this condition and live for a long period of what? time. Right. Because in weaknesses, that's where we see the hand of God. Yeah. Some of the parents or the people, mm-hmm. uh, let me talk to pastors, eh? in as much as we embrace these people and bring them in our churches and involve them in our programs, mm-hmm. The grace of God will be seen in our churches because our churches will never lack and they will continue growing because God is seeing to say we are involving his children. Yeah. You are getting it? Huh? Yes. Some of the parents are not lacking today. Yeah, they might have financial challenges and the like, but up to now, God, every day, 
They don't have a proper job, but every day God has a way that He provides for them. So in weaknesses, that's where we see the hand of God. So one man told me to say, when someone is poor, yeah. they really know God. Because every time they'll be on their knees, praying to God to say, God bless me, God do this. But when people get richer, they reach that extent, they feel that they are better. You discover to say, they even forget about what? God. About God. So in our weaknesses, that's where God shows his what? His grace. That's why he creates this so that in them we should see God. Yeah. Yeah. This one, someone said when we are giving issues, John chapter 9, verse 2 to 7. There is one person who said, Oh, I think it's my father here, who said, We even think it's maybe their mother or the what? The, the dad who has brought the what? The problem. the problem. Now, here, this question was also asked by the disciples. It's not only you who asked that question. Even the disciples asked the question. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he might be born what? Blind. Right. There is a story of a blind man here. Yes. Jesus is being asked the question. It is not that this man sinned nor his parents, but the work of God might be displayed in what? Him. Just like people with disabilities are created so that the works of God might be displayed in them. Not because of their sin or their sins of their parents. Listen to me. Yeah, yeah. There is no sin here. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. There is no sin here. There is no magic here. There is nothing. Yeah. It's God who decides. You know, ask people who believe in charms, huh? Let me say in our African setup, there is an issue of charms and all those things. You know, they only occur when you believe. And only when God allows it to do what? You know, certain things, even though they are wrong, God allows it to happen so that at the end of it, he might redeem you so that people see to say he's God. But if he decides not to allow it, no matter how many times people might plan to destroy you, to do there will be always be trying, but they will be failing because God has not done what? Has allowed it. So with these cases, here Jesus is saying he always allows it to be like that. And what he wants to do is when he allows it to be like that, he wants to show his power in a different what? way. You get that? He has his own strategy. That's why he brings people with disabilities on board, so that he shows his strategy to say, even in the valley when you people think there is no hope to those children, God comes up and shows to say he's Yes. You get that? Yeah. So, he is God. No one has sinned. It's not anybody's sin. Please, let's not blame people. Let's not blame people. It's not anybody's fault. Yeah. It's the will of God. And God decides what he wants to do with people. Another thing, this one is interesting. Luke chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. It says, he said also to the man who had invited him, who had invited him? When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends mm. or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. Rest, they will also invite you in return and you'll be paid. But <coughs> when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid 
at the resurrection of the just. It is both righteous and the will of God that we would reach out to the and include people with disabilities in our community, including and enjoying people who can give you nothing in return, will result in internal rewards and treasures that will not wear out. Seeking the approval of the rich and successful will only provide you with an earthly reward which will fade away. I remember the words of Solomon when he's writing the book of Psalms, uh, Ecclesiastes. Solomon, as we know, there is a story of him marrying 300 wives and 700 concubines. You remember that story? He enjoys life to the fullest. He has everything. Solomon was the wisest man on earth. He had everything that we are are maybe pursuing now or wanting to gain. He had everything. Now, Solomon, after having all those things, when he's writing a book of Ecclesiastes, you know what he's saying on that mountain? After he divorces all those wives and remains with one, he says, everything that is on earth is what? Vanity. You get that? Everything is what? Vanity. We might have them, but tomorrow if God wants to decide to get them, you'll get them. In fact, we might build houses and have big structures and all those things. When you die, we will use them and you won't be there. Yes. You get it? Because you are nothing in the equation of life. Mm. You get that? So if everything is vanity, there is this advice that God is giving us. Yeah. It's better when you have a banquet, you invite, you have a party. Don't invite your friends that want to invite you to prove to say they have money to you. No. Mm. Invite those who cannot invite you for their part. Yeah, yeah. Kai, you want to show to say what levels are? <laughs> when we have the one million, we have those monies. We want our friends that are putting on good suits. Mm-hmm. When you see those guys, we don't even want to invite them. Now, he's telling us to say, if you invite those, they will call you for a part. To repay, to show you to say they have money more than you. Yeah. But if you invite the weak, these guys, what they will do is that they will just say thank you and God bless you. And when God listens to their thank you, and God bless you, they, it's surely a blessing. Mm-hmm. And number two, that time when he comes to redeem his own people, yes. you will be among a such number because of a generous way he did. Yes. You get that? So there is always something. If we do something to these poor friends and our friends that have different conditions, it is easy for God to bless us and God to give us the reward that we want. Mm-hmm. Pursuing things of the world is not wrong to work hard. But the truth is that these things at the end of it, well, they will do what? Vanity. Someone said, what shall it profit the, uh, a man to gain the whole world and lose his own what? So, you get that? Yeah. In missing these people, not involving them in churches and not welcoming them, it's just digging your own grave because you have a responsibility. We are all stewards. Mm-hmm. We should be a brother's keeper. That's why Cain died. Mm-hmm. When Jesus... When Cain had a conflict with Abel after that sacrifice, we are told to say, Cain was asked a question by God after killing Abel. Where is your brother? What did Cain answer? He said, am I a brother's what? Keeper. You get that? He said, am I a brother's keeper? But you discover to say God wasn't happy with the answer. But when God asks you a question to say, where are the children with disabilities in your churches? Answer to say, yes, Lord, they are in here and we are helping them. Yeah. That way God will.
This one is good. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 26, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though may, many are one body, so it it with Christ, for in the spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greek, slaves or free, all and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of members, one member, but of many. Yes. It's if the if body if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it less, that would not make, make it less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an, I'm, I'm not an eye, sorry, I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it less of a part of the body. We need people with disabilities in order to fully be complete as the body of Christ. You get the concept, huh? Yes. God says he is a true vine. Mm. You remember that story? Yes. He is a true vine. If God becomes the vine, mm. meaning all of us are what? A branch. Yes, yes, yes. Just like God is the owner of the church. Huh? Mm. Now, if one branch is missing, mm -hmm. let's say we remove hands from you. Yes. Are you going to be complete? No. Because the hands are what? Are missing. Now, God is saying, all of us, the people with the disabilities, without disabilities, the blind, everyone, when we are included together, we make what? One body. Now, our churches, our homes, our places, and our schools, they are never complete. Why? Because these people, we've denied them the right to come and live in our heart, in our places. We think that they are going to waste time for us. Yeah. We think that they will be making noise in our classes or our churches. But God is saying, your bodies are not yet complete. Mm. For them to be complete, make sure you invite these people to come. When they come in, all of us will be called to be what? Complete. In fact, you are not a body. You are part of a body. Because the other part is missing. So let us bring our friends with disabilities in our program. Then all of us will be what? Who will be complete. That's why there is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But at the end of the day, they'll tell us to say, is what? One God. Because there are different parts and roles they play. That's how it should be with us people. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so, so are many ways higher than your, my ways may, higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your what? When compared to the Lord, all of our minds are available and our bodies broken or incomplete. In fact, the can't remember the Nishinyanda. To them, to He's saying him is the overall boss, he's in charge. So if you think that you are special than your friend, he's just telling you to say, in fact, you see yourself to be special. You are not special. Yeah. You are not special, but you are in a different way. You are not seeing what God is seeing. Because him is the owner of wisdom, is the owner of everything that is given. So he's saying there is no one special than the what? Yeah. The other. The issue is that it's just that we have different abilities. Yeah. You get that? Yeah. 
If some of the people are fast learners, we expect to avoid slow learners. You get it? Yeah. If we have people with disabilities, we expect people to have not disabilities so that they help those with what? Disabilities. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. If we had people who are just functioning fine, then this world wouldn't have been complete because we wouldn't have people that we needed to do what? Help. So the people with disabilities are there so that they can we can lend our help to what? To them. That's how God creates everything. Okay. Our this is our great commission. Okay. <coughs> we remember it, huh? yeah. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. What does it say? My pastors. Don't tell oh, it. Yeah. Hey. Let's let's memorize this verse. This one should be our verse, huh? Go here in the in the world and uh-huh. preach the gospel uh-huh. and uh, make disciples there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And teach them. Uh huh. So tell them the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them what I have. This verse, please. I'm saying it to everyone now. This should be the best that we keep in our heart, yeah. our hearts. All of us cannot be pastors and preach on the pulpit. But the issue is that this great commission came to what? To everyone. Some of you are good at charity. Some of them, some of you are good at saying good words. Some of you are good at rendering help. Some of us we are gifted in different what? In ways. Now God is saying this great commission should be everyone should do what take part go he therefore it doesn't say go he therefore to the able-bodied people no it doesn't say go he therefore to the people who are doing fine no it says go he therefore to all nations teach them about god and baptize them in the what the son and the holy spirit he also brings in three aspects and says God again. Yes. Baptize them in those names. Then at the end of each all, teach them about God. These people with disabilities, most of the time, they don't know God because we are not welcoming them in our, in our churches. There is one thing I want to tell you. Whether they have a disability, they have a way of knowing God. Yes. God says even the birds, you get that? Yeah. The animals, when God says rose, or God says a way, they are able to understand Him. Now, what about these human beings who are created in this image? Let us invite them in our churches. Let us welcome them. Let us help them, and God will surely bless us and see us through. Let us make sure we take care of this great commission, and God will always bless us. Mark chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, listen. There is nothing of being proud about in this world. Pride is nothing that we don't even need. Because I've already said in the equation of life, you are not added. Yeah. We are just born. You get that? Mm. Jesus is telling Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah 1 verse 5 to say, I knew you before you were born in your mother's womb. Before there was even a plan to say there will be pastor so, there will be brother so, there is this friend or this man. God already had that what? Plan. You get that? And I have already a plan laid down on how you move. Because I'm what? God. 
You get that? Yeah. So in the equation of life, there is nothing that we add as human beings. The only thing we should do is to say to God and say, thank you for the way you've made me. Yeah. And do what we are called to do. Mm. Why should you be proud if the oxygen that you breathe is not yours? Mm. You get that? Why should we be proud if those houses, if you want, you can destroy them and get them mm. and make you poor? You remember of that king? Let me give yes. an example. There's that king yes. who went in the in the bush. Who is that king? What is the name? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was proud and he thought that he owes everything. You know what God did? He said, when I go down from, he was in the upper room, mm-hmm. planning to say, when I go down, I'll make everyone suffer and all these problems should come on those people of God. Huh? The moment he went upstairs. The time he's planning to go down and destroy. He went down and went to eat vegetables in the grounds. Mm. The person who was eating meat and everything on the table, he went and started eating grass. Mm. And God showed to say, he's what? He's God. So we don't have to be proud. There is nothing that we owe in this life. Let's be humble. Mm. He's saying, let us be what? Miki. Mm. When we become <laughs> humble, God will bless us with everything that we need. Now, being humble includes involving our friends with disabilities in every activity that we do. Then God will bless us. Thank you very much. Are there other verses? Okay. Thank you very much. May God bless you. Please, please, let us involve our friends with disabilities. If there are other verses maybe that we have that we want to add to this presentation, you can just write them on the papers and give us, we'll include them in the lesson next time when we present. God bless you. Thank you.